Welcome back, all you regs and all you shinies. Welcome to the 1313 Podcast. I'm Tommy, and in this episode, we are doing it a little bit differently. So Jacob and Jackson and I, unfortunately, were not able to make our schedules line up and record a podcast episode. So the three of us decided to record our perspectives on this week's Ahsoka episode individually, and we decided we're going to share our thoughts with you that way. So before we get into the episode, as usual, make sure to, if you're not already, subscribe to our YouTube channel and join our weekly podcast fun, as well as all of our other stuff that we do, like Tika's trading posts, reviews, all kinds of cool stuff, guogs. Uh, Also, make sure to consider following us on social media, that being Instagram, X, TikTok, Twitch. We have all kinds of stuff down in the description below, as well as considering checking out our merch store. Uh, that's going to be on Spring. There's a link down below. And make sure to join our Discord. We haven't been plugging that Discord too much recently. It's a big, big bonus to this community specifically. I think that our Discord is one of the most special things that we have. Shout out to everybody in that Discord. Um, and then also, uh, just a quick shout out to our YouTube channel membership, as well as our Patreon. Uh, we have three tiers to our Patreon. If you join that Gungan box, tier we do monthly giveaways stay tuned we're actually going to be doing a 1000 subscriber giveaway in the near future uh, and then also our channel membership 99 cents a month gives you access to exclusive content such as the tika's trading post tika's trading post blooper reels uh, make sure to check those out as well but yeah guys without further ado let's talk about some star wars here So a little bit of Star Wars news I want to talk about first. Uh, There is a rumor going around that the Lando show is no longer a show. Remember way back when, uh, when the Lando show was going to be a thing? Well, it's no longer going to be a thing now. Uh, Apparently, they are turning it into a movie. Uh, The previous writer is dumped, and now Donald Glover and his brother are going to be writing uh, Lando to be a theatrical release. Personally, I think this is a lot better. Uh, I wasn't really too much of a fan of the Lando series in and of itself. You know, I really didn't care. I feel like Lando isn't one of my favorite characters or a character that I'd be excited about having a solo show. Um, But I think that with Donald Glover writing it, I think that's going to make it a lot more interesting, and it definitely makes me a lot more excited. I really, really liked Donald Glover's performance in the Solo movie, so I'm really excited to see what he does uh, in the show with the writing. So yeah, so sharing my thoughts on the Ahsoka Episode 7, Dreams and Madness. A lot happened in this episode, but I think probably one of my favorite parts was that opening scene. I wasn't expecting to be thrust so quickly into the Hera little side timeline that we've gotten in this show, but it was really, really cool to see the New Republic Tribunal on Coruscant. And uh, I don't know what kind of branch is up Senator Ziono's ass. Uh, for those who don't know, that is Kazuto Ziono's dad um, from Star Wars Resistance, another animated show that takes place around the events of, uh, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Um, that show is geared a lot more towards kids. I know we, we poop on it a lot on the podcast, but, uh, it's just because it's a kid's show. Personally, I, I honestly feel like I want to see more of Senator Ziono. I want to know why he's so stuck up and why he doesn't believe Hera. I think that that's a big thing. And again, also, why is 
Chancellor Mon Mothma now such a pushover. I, I never really expected her to be such a pushover. I, I guess it's because she doesn't want to seem like the Empire where she goes off and does things without permission. And I think that's why maybe Senator Ziono is so uh, up Hera's butt when it comes to going on this mission without permission. Um, but then again, like... 3PO, which which that was cool. I that was awesome. I, the 3PO cameo. Uh, I I had a feeling. I want to say. I think it might have been episode five. Yeah, when episode five came out, um, Shadow Warrior. I think that one was called. Uh, and Carson Tava mentioned Senator Organa. I had a feeling. I was like that 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 name drop was not just a little glimpse. I think that Senator Organa means that she's going to be in the show. So I was close. I was close by saying a couple weeks ago she was going to be in this episode, in one of these episodes. Um, she was there um, in spirit. I, I think they did that really tastefully, to be honest. I think that as much as I would have liked to have seen uh, what they did with Rogue One, where they had um, Carrie Fisher's daughter uh, play a young Leia, and then they do the sort of de-aging and face replacement. I mean, the technology for it is way better now, so I think it would... But, but then again, the, the scene in Rogue One where they had young Leia, that didn't bother me either. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I really liked uh, I really liked this. It was, you know, 3PO comes in, and we see that, that Senator Ziono is, is uh, going over Leia's head the same way that Hera went over his. So I, I find that interesting that there's that kind of uh, hypocrisy there. I think it speaks volumes to real life and, and leadership that, that we see in, in the real world. You know, people uh, are expected to be held to a certain standard and they themselves think that they're above the rules, you know, but they'll call other people out for feeling like they're above the rules. It's, it's a cool little uh, point at uh, political hypocrisy. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I think the... The Leia cameo, if you want to call it that, I think it was done really tastefully, and it was a good way to get Hera, you know, keep her storyline going, so we know what's going on with her. Uh, I thought I thought court martialing her was a little bit of a stretch too, um, but then again, that's on Senator Ziono, and I really wonder where his loyalties lie at this point, uh, and I, I'm interested to see where this goes as, uh, I, I do think we'll see more of his character, but I am interested to see where this goes in the future. Another big surprise scene in this episode happens like immediately after that. And, and for me, what was really cool was seeing Anakin again and seeing him in the training video, uh, very similar to what we see in the Star Wars Rebels series where, um, Ezra is watching Anakin's training video. We see Ahsoka watching one of Anakin's training videos, and then we find out that there are approximately 20 of these training videos that came out. I thought that was a, a super cool thing, and, and I think Hayden Christensen really did a good job in this show of marrying Matt Lanter's Anakin Skywalker and his own Anakin Skywalker, because they're so different. You have Hayden Christensen gets Anakin at the beginning and the end of the Clone War. So he gets angsty teenage Anakin who's all bound by love and, you know, is like clouded his judgment by because of Padme. And then you get him at the end of the Clone War where once again, you know, he's tempted to the dark side and, you know, you get where he turns into Vader. And then you get Matt Lanter in the middle who has this really likable older brother but still very rash and uh, – or brash and – 
um, very impulsive and emotional Anakin. And I think that Hayden Christensen really only changed the delivery of some of, I wouldn't even say all of, but some of the lines that Anakin has. I think he did a great job of of pulling that off and, and really making the character feel, in my opinion, uh, a lot more authentic, uh, but still consistent with what he gave in the prequels. And I think, honestly, it speaks to Dave Filoni's direction versus George's direction. I think that Dave had a lot more direction uh, advantage over George because of his experience in animation. Uh, you know, Dave works on Avatar The Last Airbender. He works on... Um, other shows like the Clone Wars Rebels, you know, so he gets to work with voice actors more. So he probably, I wonder how much he, he helped Hayden with his performance and his delivery or how much of that was just Hayden, you know, really falling in love with his character. Um, I'd, I'd be interested to, to see some kind of interview with that, which I think there will be a gallery episode on Ahsoka. I think that that's expected at this point. So I'm, I'm interested. But yeah, so we see Ahsoka training, and then you kind of see that again, that reverse grip. Uh, I do want to say, too, that again, uh, we've mentioned this on the show before, but seeing Ahsoka be more like herself um, and not so stoic um, as she was in the beginning of the series, I think that that's really, really cool. I think that it just goes to show that everything, everything is planned out. You just have to let the story tell itself. And that's something that really has come to annoy me but I also just have gotten to the point where I just don't care anymore so I don't even like really um let it bother me that much anymore but uh it still annoys me though is seeing all the people make judgments about the entire show and want to say like oh the show is bad you know that the acting is bad when really it's all intentional especially with Dave Filoni you have to realize that all of this is intentional all of this is done on purpose so just just Keep that in mind as a viewer and, and let the show tell itself. Let the let the story finish, you know? Another scene that I think was interesting to me was seeing um, Sabine and Ezra ride on the little uh, space hermit crabs or the uh, space hobbits, uh, as Commander Bly has dubbed them in the Discord. Shout out to you, Commander Bly. Um, space hobbits. Uh, they... They were they were their little cars that they drive are super funny. Um, little bumper cars, little hover cars. Um, they're Ezra's driving one of them, and they're just you know sitting talking as as friends who haven't seen each other in a long time would do. They would you know go for a car ride or go get something to eat, and I think that this was very authentic. And this is where we really get to see. Uh, Ezra's character and I, I want to give a huge shout out to the actor who plays Ezra Bridger in this show because I wasn't prepared let me look up his name Iman Esfandi you did a fantastic job on this this show and, and your interpretation of the Ezra character I think it's very authentic to what Taylor Gray gives to the character in the Rebel series and I think that you have brought the physicality of the character along with the voice of the character it's still Ezra but it's a more mature version of Ezra and I really like that I'm, I'm a big fan of how that was done, and I want to give credit to Dave Filoni and to Iman because you guys both did a fantastic job bringing uh, yet again another uh, very stylized animated character to life in a believable way. But yeah, back to what I was saying. They have this really genuine interaction, and again, Ezra poses the question to Sabine about you know what 
what brought you here? How did you get here? And, and I was getting annoyed that Sabine wouldn't answer the questions. And this is something that also annoyed me in the last episode. She keeps dodging the question. I think that that's just in Sabine's character for who she is right now. I think that Sabine has just been so consumed by loss for so long with losing her family um, during the Night of a Thousand Tears. And, you know, she thinks that she's lost Ahsoka at this point. Um, You know, she wants to relish in this happy moment because it's been so long since she's had a genuinely happy moment. So I think that uh, that probably answers my question. It makes me feel satisfied with my frustration. And again, it's all intentional. <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not just done just because. So, um, I do want to, again, give credit to Dave Filoni for his writing talent on this show. Also, can I just say how much I love these space hobbits? I, I don't know what their species name is yet, uh, but I really hope there's some sort of action figure interpretation made of these guys because I would love to have them uh, somewhere in my collection. Uh, it would be so much fun to have these guys uh, in, on a shelf, you know? And then, of course, we get this awesome scene uh, with Balin and Shin finding Ezra and Sabine. I think that... It's really cool the way that Dave has taken Norse mythology with... Let me fact check. I was right. Norse mythology, uh, for those who don't know, Skull and Hati, the last names of each character, are the names of the wolves that chase the sun and the moon in uh, in Norse mythology. So I, I think that it was really cool the way that Dave did that and made these characters... Uh, interpretations of that they're chasing power they're chasing something and they'll never quite catch it i think that that's the the analogy there i think they're chasing something that they'll never truly be satisfied with um and i think that that goes that just shows with where balin is with peridia i think he's chasing something like a power that he cannot have he cannot possess uh similarly to uh skull and hati in norse mythology but we see that they have, you know, teamed up with this planet's version, this galaxy's version of Tusken Raiders, and they go, they have this little battle scene. Uh, Sabine tries to give Ezra his lightsaber, or his lightsaber back, and Ezra tells her he doesn't need it, he doesn't need it, and this is, again, something that was, is really cool. I know there were rumors before the show came out that we were going to see the Force used in ways that were different than we were used to. Uh, but I think this was consistent with Rogue One, where we have Chirrut Imwe using the Force as an ally, you know, the, and he says that, the Force is my ally, the same way Ezra does. Um, Ezra uses uh, Force Kung Fu, you know, force, um, force martial arts, if you will. I thought it was really cool, um, especially considering Ezra's been here for, I mean, almost 10, between 10 and 15 years at this point in the timeline. Um, since we've last seen him and he's been without a lightsaber for that long. I mean, come on, he had to have trained himself to, to use his powers in a, in a new and unique way. So I think that this was really fitting and I was really satisfied with it. And I did see some criticism about, you know, Ezra's using it, using it, using it. And then he starts fighting the stormtroopers and he picks up a blaster. Well, it's not that Ezra has an aversion to weapons. It's that he is more comfortable using the force as his ally but then again he was fighting people with melee weapons and so when he goes up against a bunch of guys with blasters well yeah it makes a lot more sense to also use a blaster but then we get a pretty cool fight scene where you know sabine and and ezra are fighting them i thought that was a really cool um fight scene again the the fight scenes in this show have been really really good compared to what we've seen from a lot of the more recent uh star wars shows the choreography is really really good 
And then, of course, we have our scenes with with the main character, Ahsoka. Um, I I love her character in this. I love her new costume. I love how authentic Rosario Dawson is to the character of Ahsoka. She knocks it out of the park every time she plays the character. And I'm, I'm really, really happy with, with how she is in this show. Um, she has a really good scene with Hu Yang where um, she is sensing Sabine through the Force and they have that same kind of connection that Luke and Leia have. Um, we've seen it a couple times in Star Wars other than that, but obviously the most... Uh, the one that jumps out to me is from the end of The Empire Strikes Back where Luke reaches out to Leia on Bespin and she she feels him in the Force. And that was, uh, in my opinion, a parallel to that. And also, can we just talk about how cool Thrawn is? The, the way that Thrawn was done in this episode was amazing. I was really, really happy with, uh, in my opinion, the canonization of... Thrawn knowing Anakin Skywalker. I, it wasn't expressly said, but I think that it was close enough uh, where Morgan Elsbeth presents Thrawn with all the information on Ahsoka and he kind of looks at her and he's like, her master was Anakin Skywalker. And obviously he knows Anakin and, and also he knows Vader is or was Anakin. Uh, so that to me is really cool. His reaction says it all, his face tells it all. And again, it's just a, for me, it's as a, as a fan who appreciates subtleness or subtlety, uh, it, it was cool to see Dave do this in an intelligent and subtle way um, to show that Thrawn does know a little bit more than we think he does. Or to the casual viewer, he knows a little bit more about Anakin than you would think. Um, so I highly recommend reading the Thrawn Alliances book. Very, very good book. Um, but super, super cool read. Uh, and it ties in perfectly with this show. I know Dave has uh, retconned some stuff from comic books uh, with the Bad Batch and a couple other projects, um, like Rebels even, uh, but seeing him uh, keep something like this canon was really cool, and I think that uh, Timothy Zahn would really appreciate that too, the author of the Thrawn books. But yeah, Thrawn, Thrawn does a great job. He just kind of knows things before they're going to happen. He thinks about strategy. He doesn't consider the losses of a battle to be the end-all be-all. He doesn't focus on just the battle. He's focused on the time. And that's Thrawn's biggest advantage in this episode is he says it at the end to Morgan Elsbeth that this is it. You know, this this is... Ahsoka is back with her friends, yes, but she's lost time. And that was what was her most precious ally. Um... I, I really like how the Night Sisters play into this too. You know, the Night Sisters. I, I, I keep wondering what's in the what's in the cargo hold of the Star Destroyer of the Chimera. I really think it's 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 undead Night Sisters. I think it's corpses of Night Sisters that they're going to bring back to life, and I, I I really hope we see that. And we see Enoch again. He's super cool. I really want an action figure of him as well. Enoch looks looks amazing. I love his design. It's it's Night Sister, but it also it feels like very greek or roman as well super cool and then of course we get to see in live action for the first time i believe uh the imperial gunships i love the design of these they were super cool in rebels i know that they were in the clone wars maybe the bad batch maybe i feel i need to rewatch again and, and remember but i feel like there was a lego set that came out and it was like a uh, it was like a gunship, but it came with uh, shock troopers, and it was that gunship. I could be wrong, but uh, either way, this was, in my opinion, I think it was the first, 
as far as I know, I think it was the first time we saw this ship in live action, and it looked great. Seeing the night troopers in action was cool as well. Uh, these ones I don't think are undead. I think these ones are real humans, um, but it was still super cool. And again, another note on the action and why I think it's a little bit uh, better they were when they were blasting stormtroopers they were shooting them in the face and sabine was slashing stormtroopers in the face with the lightsabers so i thought that was really cool too uh it was really cool to see ahsoka and balin fight as well uh the fight wasn't too long and but ahsoka was really just buying time uh also when it comes to balin's skull i was not expecting him to split up with shin i i, I think that balin sensed shin's want for power and it's kind of she's hinted at it throughout the show she keeps asking him about the power that thrawn will bring and i think that balin sees that i think that he sees that their paths are diverging balin is focused on a power which again in my opinion he cannot achieve because of his name and for shin she is focused on a, a different kind of power that i don't think she'll ever achieve i, I think that it's indicative of when the Empire leaves without her and she just kind of goes running off by herself. She wants to be a part of the Empire for power and it goes off without her and she ends up chasing after the Stormtroopers the same way that the wolves chase the sun and the moon. And again, Balin is chasing we don't even know what and uh, it was really cool to see. Again, he's focused on himself here. He's focused on this this power, and I'm really interested to see what this power exactly is. But yeah, overall, guys, I think that this episode of Ahsoka was was another banger episode. I have not been disappointed with a single episode of this series, or underwhelmed or anything. It has been a constant, constant, fantastic show. Uh, I really, really am sad that the finale is coming out, and that I won't be having uh, the excitement of watching such a fantastic show, but I'm going to get to watch it on the rewatch again and again and again, just like all of the rest of Star Wars that I enjoy. Uh, and this truly has been one of my f most favorite Star Wars series that have come out to date. So, but yeah, so those are my thoughts, and let's hear what Jackson and Jacob have to say about the Ahsoka episode. What's up, all of you regs and all of you shinies? It is Jackson from the 1313 Podcast here. Without further ado, kind of getting right into this episode of Ahsoka. Holy cow, I'm just stoked every single week to get this. I'm literally convinced that this is the best series that Disney Plus has given us. Higher than The Mandalorian, I will even say. And I'm saying this before the series has ended. And if you've known me and you're a longtime watcher of the show, I choose not to rate episodes as they come out. But Ahsoka has just completely blown me away. It's the classic Star Wars you get together and you watch it with your friends and family experience for me, so I'm really enjoying that. And again, this week, I know there are some people on the internet right now that are a little bit maybe skeptical of the episode, or they didn't enjoy it to the same caliber as a few of the other ones, which I can completely understand. It wasn't Anakin and the Clone Wars flashback, and it wasn't some crazy awesome Thrawn return either. I feel like this episode was very much necessary for the setting up and the development of what we're going to get next week as the finale. And I just can't believe we're already basically at the finale at this point. Like, it feels like Ahsoka just started and it's here. But I feel more confident, at least this far along in the series, thinking that there will be a season two. I can only just hope and pray that they'll continue it or maybe even... A, 
an extension of Rebels. Just something to kind of fill in this time gap and give us more story of this heir to the Empire, if you want to call it that even. But one of my personal favorite parts of the episode from this week actually was dealing with uh, Balin and Shin. So I thought it was especially interesting that after this whole time you see uh, Balin really like be this good mentor and master to bit uh, Shin and kind of teach her everything that she needs to know. But now they're at a point where Balin is choosing his own destiny and it's going to follow a completely different direction. And he tells Shin to make the best of herself in the new coming empire with Thrawn and seek her power through that. And that honestly really took me by surprise. You know, that's not a dynamic that we see with a lot of master-apprentice relationships. Obviously in the Jedi Order, and even with the Sith's rule of two, you still usually maintain your tight relationship with that. You're not just kind of going off on your own and separating. So that part just really kind of took me aback a bit, just because... I mean, we all understand that Ray Stevenson did pass away and that his character will have to meet some sort of conclusion soon, whether or not this is going to be in the final episode of Ahsoka or maybe a screen write-off in the future. It is disappointing to know that, that, that there's just not going to be more of him in general. I really think he has blown it out of the park every single time in every episode of Ahsoka. He's one of the most convincing great villains that we've had now in this series. Minus Thrawn. Minus Thrawn because Thrawn really shines in this episode and he's really, really cool. But it really is just such a disappointment that we will not get uh, more content relating to him. But I know from a few internet theories that were online talking about what Balin maybe is looking for out there on this planet. And... The one that I stumbled across that I thought that was the most interesting was the idea of the Zepho. Now, if you haven't played Jedi Fallen Order or Jedi Survivor, you might be a little bit unfamiliar with them. So I'll kind of give you a really quick rundown on who the Zepho are. So basically, at one point, uh, Cal Custis meets this dude who's, who is, in, at least in Fallen Order, he doesn't meet the dude, he meets holograms of this Jedi Master who's trying to understand this race of aliens called the Zepho, who are Force-sensitive and who are trying, that have like a really advanced civilization. And at one point, one of the members of the Zepho becomes corrupted by the dark side and tries doing his own thing. And what we've seen in Ahsoka now is that on these temples that Thrawn has established himself on with the uh, Great Mothers, is that there's Zepho writing, referencing that member of the Zepho who ended up traveling uh, to this far off galaxy, I guess, which is now a real surprise just because that master from Jedi Fallen Order was always trying to chase the Zepho and figure out where they went. Like, where did they just go? They had all these great technological advances and now they're just gone. So this could potentially explain one of the places that they went. And I really think the introduction of this intergalactic travel now to a completely other, well, to another galaxy is just like, holy cow, like, this opens so many doors for, like, the future of Star Wars and its potential. I don't think this idea will ever be touched again in a piece of Star Wars property that isn't in the Ahsoka timeline. I feel like this is, like, an expansive thing, unless maybe there is a way that they're going to tie into the original trilogy prequels or even what comes before any of that, too. So, really curious to see what happens there. 
kind of getting back to my Balin and Shin ordeal. Again, sad to see Balin leave, but I also thought it was pretty funny that during his fight with Ahsoka, he just ended up not caring that she got away because he was like, who am I to serve Thrawn? Because he just completely disagrees with Thrawn's agenda and everything that he's doing to create the next power in the galaxy that will dominate for a period of time, fall, and then something else will replace it. But then, even with Shin, I think it's really interesting that in this fight scene that we get with her, Ezra and Sabine, how she really does hold her own weight. She's not some, uh, some flimsy apprentice that we see who's just kind of doing what she's doing at the moment, just random lightsaber swings here and there and a force ability. Like, she's holding herself in combat and almost striking Ezra, who has now become so powerful with the force that he doesn't feel the need to use a lightsaber, which is pretty advanced if you ask me. But just seeing her in combat and act, I feel like was really cool. And I almost, it was upsetting almost just in that end piece where Ahsoka's just like, I can fix you in almost every TikTok video of every male my age talking to Shin being like, I can fix her. But of Ahsoka being like, I can fix you. We can make you good again. And there's the hesitation and then it's just gone. And she decides to flee back to Thrawn. So I feel like that is something that may or may not touch, be touched in this season, I guess you could say. But if it's a whole like a next season thing and whatnot, then that's fine with me. Again, this episode of Ahsoka is just doing numbers. Every week, as soon as I finish an episode, I'm like, I gotta watch it again. I'm just that excited. And holy cow, the finale is next week and I can't believe it. It's, it's, it's just shocking to me. It's almost over. And I'm really excited to talk with the guys about them the last episode. And hopefully we can all watch it together too. But hey, that was my thoughts on this episode. Now you're about to see someone else's perspective. Whoa, whoa, who, who's taking over the screen now? What is up all you regs and all you shinies? Welcome back to the 1313 podcast. This is Jacob and uh, I'm chilling here at a recording booth at Edinburgh University. The stomping grounds is Dave Filoni. I thought, hey, we're doing a little something a little bit different this week. We're all doing our piece uh, all by ourselves because um, everybody's, everybody's all over the place. Everybody's busy. So um, that's just how life goes. And this is a uh, I thought, why not Why not get fancy? So um, I'm going to flex on everybody else with how nice my audio is and how good this video looks. Ah, with my nice lighting in this wonderful recording booth. But um, this week has been cool. Nothing new is really going on. Uh, we're about to move into the... Uh, no, we are moving into the shooting stage of uh, our short film Glory Days for the um, uh, my narrative filmmaking class. So that is going to be fun. It's going to be stressful. Uh, we got to cast. We got to get all that stuff done. So it's it's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be great. Um, other than that, Ahsoka. So okay, there's a new episode of Ahsoka out. I can't talk too loud because I don't want my professor to hear me. I don't want to spoil anything for him. Um, but no, absolutely fantastic. There's like there's like three or four things I really want to talk about just because of how cool. First thing, first thing that happens in the episode was um, C3PO's little cameo. Him coming in. Uh, super, super cool. I loved, I, I, I never thought I would get this excited to see OT characters really coming back, but we were all hyped about Luke and the Mandalorian and just hearing Leia's name being mentioned in these projects gets me really excited. Um, I'm really hoping at some point we get everybody back. We already know that they can de-age Harrison Ford so we can get like a young Hong Solo, get a young Carrie Fisher and a young Luke all together. We get the gang back together. 
for some uh, maybe Air of the Empire type stuff or um, anything like that. I'm, I'm actually really down. After reading those Air to the Empire books, it really gives me a deeper appreciation for those characters, more than I ever had before. So um, I, 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 I hope we see them. I hope we see them in some point. I don't think in this series, but I definitely think it's plausible to see them down the road. Um, it's absolutely crazy that there's one more episode uh, after this, and then the series is over. It, it, it's really flew by. I, can't, I just can't believe it, and I, I've loved every second of it. Um, and going forward, we got we got Anakin in this episode again. Um, super, su- I loved seeing these, uh, this hologram. This is the audio that we heard in the trailers um, just before the show came out, hearing Anakin's voice. They kind of all but confirmed that Hayden was going to be in the show. Um, once again, absolutely fantastic with the uh, Clone Wars armor. I love that look so much. I'm gonna make sure my hair looks nice. But um, I absolutely, I love, I love how that, um, how that armor looks in live action. They're they're really doing it justice. It looks fantastic, and um, just seeing Hayden in anything is is a great thing, and I I, I absolutely love it. Um, I also find it cool that we're seeing more of the recordings that we saw in um, Rebels that Ahsoka had of Anakin's teachings, like basic forms and things like that. And it was also cool that Ahsoka was using her reverse blade technique while she was training. We haven't seen it too much in this show just because practi- practically it's not a great fighting style. It doesn't really do anything but look cool. Um, but I absolutely, I absolutely loved that. Uh, and of course, we got more Thrawn. Um, we all know that for me personally, Thrawn is my favorite part of this series. Probably, um, we had the build up looking for him. It's been such like a... we all know about this. It's like it's been such a build up for me, and I've been waiting. Um, and that when we first saw him, I was a little bit iffy on him. I was like, he looks okay. He didn't look the greatest. Then I gave it a couple more watches, and I've I've fully become acclimated to uh, this version of Thrawn, and uh, I love it. I love it so much. So. Um, seeing him in this episode was great. There was my favorite part though, was definitely when uh, Thrawn's getting that data about who Ahsoka is, who her master was, and uh, he's like, "Oh, you're he, she, she's the apprentice of Anakin," and then his thing is, "She's gonna be unpredictable. We're just gonna have to put her in a box," which is like, so smart. But I, I love the fact that he's just like, "We're not gonna be able to have a read on her." It's, it's going to be hard, too. She's going to be unpredictable, just like her master. Um, because we do know in uh, Star Wars Thrawn Alliances, um, that book depicts the journey of Thrawn and Darth Vader, as well as the parallel story of Thrawn and Anakin traveling to Batu to uncover a, uh, a Sith plot, as well as a, um, a disturbance in the Force um, in the modern times. And I really hope someday... Um, we get to see that story between Anakin and Thrawn on Bot 2. Um, hope maybe I can be the one to do it. Me and my boy Anthony, shout out Anthony. He's probably not watching this, but, um, that would be cool, um, just to get the opportunity to be, to have the reins on a project like that. Um, it does seem though, um, last week everybody was speculating that these new, uh, night troopers that we were seeing were going to be, um undead stormtroopers but now at this point it just looks like stormtroopers that armor their armor has been mended by the um the red fabric of the night sisters um it doesn't really seem like they're undead in any way it just seems like normal troopers which is 
I'm not let down or disappointed just because I want to do that. I want that to be my project that I do with Star Wars. Um, I want that movie to be mine. So none of you, none of you people steal my idea. You better not. But no, it's um, and for me, it's a relief. Everybody else are probably going to whine and cry about it and be like, no, you missed, you missed. But um, I still, I love it all the same. That armor is super cool with the, the gold, the black, and the red ties. Um, all... For those that don't know, red, white, black are my favorite uh, my favorite colors, and if my go-to metal is gold, so um, uh, it it's just like Dave Filoni said, Jacob, Jacob, let me make this trooper with all the 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 materials and colors that you like, and I said thank you, Mr. Filoni, um, and uh, yeah, this is the series is great so far. Um, I'm absolutely loving it. It's. It's so good. It's so good. Like, at this point, the only thing that I think can elevate this series to, like, an absurd level is, one, I really want to know what Balin's doing. This mystery of Balin is now letting Shin off the leash and chasing the um, the power that she desires. She doesn't really want to go along with Balin's story time thing. Um, so I'm excited to see what, what his thing is. Like, what what is this power? Um, and then once it's revealed or like once we have an idea, is, is this power going to be the ability to force cloning? Is that what this is to, to bring the empire back? Is he going to try to resurrect Palpatine? Is that how this is going to go? Or is it just going to be something that we've never heard of, never seen before? My main thing though, is how are they going to film it in the future? Of course, Ray Stevenson rest up. He passed away just before the show came out, which is such a shame because he is like, he is a shining star in this in this show. He his performance is fantastic. So I wonder what they're gonna do uh, with with his character if they're just gonna deep fake it or recast it or off screen kill it. Because if they recast, that would be a first for Star Wars. Usually we once we get a face, we stick with it. That's how the galaxy works. Um, so. Either it's going to be an off-screen death or they'll deep fake it if it works. or see, I don't know. Um, either way, he's gone too soon. It's such a shame. He's amazing as Gar Saxon, amazing as Balin. Um, so he will be missed. But um, I'm excited to see what, what he's up to because that's going to get revealed next episode. I know it's, it's got it's to be big. Um, I'm also uh, excited for how – I don't know how this is going to end up. Are they going to get stranded and Thrawn's just going to be like, all right, I'm going back. Is Ahsoka going to die at the end of this series? I find it highly unlikely um, that she's gonna, they're, they're going to kind of kill her halfway through the series and then really kill her at the very end. She keeps cheating death like it's nobody's business. Um, but no, it's 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 a lot of fun. I'm, high, I'm so enjoying the series so far. I just can't. I cannot believe it's coming to an end. I just can't because... It flew by so fast, and it feels like there's a lot of loose ends that have to be wrapped up within this last episode, but knowing the progression of where this is headed to, it's probably going to end on a cliffhanger. I kind of wish that we were getting more than eight episodes per series, and or, gave, and or spoiled us, and or in Growing Up with the Clone Wars, getting like 12 to 22 episodes each season. Mm, it's so nice. It it. But then again, each of these episodes is basically a, a mini movie, and they're it, we're getting runtime wise, we're basically getting like four movies in one series. So I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. 
Um, I'm just really excited to see where this goes. If they have the audacity to kill Thrawn at the end of this series, I'm going to rave, and this will be, like, my, my heartbreak. And I will... I won't hate it, but I'll be I'll be pretty upset about it. Um, but no, so I just finished watching it for the second time, so I don't have like a repertoire of like things I I like noticed. Granted, I don't think there was like a ton a ton of stuff um, in this. Did the camera die? So for some reason, the monitor died and the camera stopped recording. Cause gotta love that. So, um, but no, I, I didn't really have too much more to say um, on the latest episode of Ahsoka other than I loved it. I hope you guys are enjoying this series as much as I am. And uh, yeah, either I don't know if I'm last or if I'm first or if anybody's coming after me. But if if so, here's somebody else. Hello. And if I am last, uh, Tommy, this is for you. This is a this is an outro. So. But thank you guys so much for watching this episode of the 1313 Podcast. Please, uh, if you haven't already, leave a like, leave a comment. Follow us on all of our social media, that being Instagram, X, Twitch, TikTok. Um, all are linked down below. And if you want to go above and beyond in supporting the podcast, you can press that join button or you can support us on Patreon. Every month on Patreon, we do a nice little giveaway for you guys. We're still cooking up and we're brewing something pretty cool for uh for October, as well as the thousand subscriber special, is is um it's being cooked up, so keep your eye out for that. It's gonna be wild. But um, thank you guys so much for watching this episode. We'll see you guys next week. Goodbye. Hey, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Thirteen Thirteen podcast. <laughs>